Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Informed Catholic. Now we're in the sixth Sunday of Ordinary Time. It's going to be a very short uh, sixth week because we're leading up to Lent, Ash Wednesday. So uh, this is going to be episode 54. If you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. Let's begin with the act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, the first reading is from Leviticus chapter 13, verse 1 to 2, 44 to 46. The leper will dwell apart, making an abode outside the camp okay the lepers uh, will will dwell apart making an abode outside the camp a reading from the book of leviticus the lord said to moses and aaron if someone has on his skin a scab or a pustle or a blotch which appears to be the sore of leprosy he shall be brought to aaron the priest or to one of the priests among his descendants. If the man is leprous and unclean, the priest shall declare him unclean by reason of the sore on his head. The one who bears the sore of leprosy shall keep his garments rent and his head bare and shall muffle his beard. He shall cry out, unclean, unclean, as long as the sore is on him. He shall declare himself unclean, since he is in fact unclean. He should dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One more time. A reading from the book of Leviticus, chapter 13, verse 1 to 2, 44 to 46. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, if someone has on his skin a scab or a pustle, or a blotch, which appears to be the sore of leprosy. He shall be brought to Aaron, the priest, or to one of the priests among his descendants. 
If the man is leprous and unclean, the priest shall declare him unclean by reason of the sore on his head. The one who bears the sore of leprosy shall keep his garments rent and his head bare. And he shall and shall muffle his beard. He shall cry out, Unclean, unclean, as long as the sore is on him. He shall declare himself unclean, since he is in fact unclean. He should dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so one more time. A reading from the book of Leviticus, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, if someone has on his skin a scab or a pustle or a blotch, which appears to be the sore of leprosy, he should be brought to Aaron, the priest, or to one of the priests among his descendants. If the man is leprous and unclean, the priest shall declare him unclean by reason of the sore on his head. The one who bears the sore of leprosy shall keep his garments rent and his head bare and shall muffle his beard. He shall cry out unclean, unclean, as long as the sore is on him. He shall declare himself unclean since he is in fact unclean. In fact, unclean. He shall dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. The word of the Lord. Amen. Okay, so... um this is a tough one. It is is a tough one because I think first of all we have to look at the fact leprosy is not just I think a disease of the skin, but it affects the nerves uh, of the body. Uh, from what I read, uh, it could uh, what happens it kills the nerves and the 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 sensory system and making it numb. And sometimes you may not realize uh, it could be um, um, it could start causing there's an infection. There's some kind of virus infection or something in the system that causes sores to develop uh, and um, can start to spread uh, and causing um the skin to start to get infected and, and obviously an infection and, and and then it starts to spread and causes a scab or something it could be from sanitary reasons there's a lot i don't know i know that in some places that leprosy still exists and we've the catholic church and many people have dealt with it but in the in the, the developed world so far we've been lucky uh it hasn't spread but in the in the in the ancient world, especially in the time of Moses, they were afraid that this could start spreading among people, among the people around them, and there used to be what they call a leper colony, um, and the people would have to stay apart. But sometimes they wouldn't know. I don't think they actually knew what it was because a lot of times it could be from sanitary reasons, it could be from certain. Insects that maybe get underneath the skin. It could be from hygiene problem, uh, and um, from not. You know, I mean, possibly not washing properly. But what we can tell in the Old Testament, they were very, very conscious about such things, about keeping clean. Now, <clears throat> from the biblical perspective, often they thought that when a person gets infected like this, the person committed some kind of sin, an offense against God. And therefore, the person had to live apart, which is a tough thing because you're, you're living aside from the people. Now, 
from how I interpret it from a Christian perspective, it isn't so much about, it's about basically not about the person who's infected, but how you treat them. Some people wound up making that person into a punching bag, an excuse to, to beat on the person because if they believe this person is unclean and it's something wrong, then some people think it's you're, you're, you got permission to treat them badly. You got permission to treat to to make them an example, to beat up on them. It's okay for you to spit on them, uh, to beat them, to throw stones at them, to curse them, to to kick them around. Um, they probably got harassed. I would imagine that they got seriously, seriously harassed, that they got seriously, seriously abused by the people. And you know what? You could see it the way people behave today with this pandemic. All right. Except it's reverse. If you don't wear the mask, if you don't, uh, if you don't uh, do this, you don't do that. You don't want to get the vaccine. Suddenly, no one wants to listen to another person's opinion. Suddenly, you're, you are unclean because you don't believe in it. No one's saying that. What they're saying is, is that there's so much different, confusing uh, people talking about it. People in authority who are supposed to be doctors are not talking about it properly. Now you got to wear two, three masks. Now you got to, um, once you get the vaccine, you still have to wear the mask. Um, then, of course, you know, you disagree with people in authority, you're unclean. Well, anyway, maybe I'm I'm going a little off the off there, but still, in the Old Testament, remember what Jesus did with a leper. He touched him, and he made him clean. He said, "I will be clean." It's how people treat sick people. It's how treat people treat the unfortunate. If a person did something wrong. Is it right for you to beat up on them? We've seen this also with discrimination of color of skin. We've seen this in discrimination of, of the uh, of of the other, of immigrants. We've seen this in discrimination of a lot of people, even though the person may be. Like for example, this is this is something that's very important. A priest said this. Let's talk about someone who happens to be gay in the family, a homosexual. Suddenly, some Catholics are so upset that they don't want to talk to that person. That doesn't change the fact that they're your, they're your son or your daughter, your relative. How you show your mercy to them could maybe help them convert to abandon that lifestyle. Maybe. You can't force them, but you've got to show them mercy. I mean, this one I agree with Pope Francis. You can't cut them off. You don't have to agree with them, but you can't cut them off. And maybe arguing with them is not the best thing. The best thing to do is still show them the love of Jesus Christ. Still show them that you love them. You don't have to talk about it, but you could still show them that you that you love them. You could tell them, listen, 
I disagree with your lifestyle. I disagree with what you're doing, but I love you and I don't want you to think you're not welcome. You're still my child. You're still my brother. You're still my sister. You're still my family member. You're still my heart. I, I love you. I just disagree with your lifestyle. And I don't, I don't want you to think you're not welcome. That's <clears throat> right there is a big step. It's a big step. That's a big step. You could even say this to them. I love you more than your sexuality, than what you are. I love you because you are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are my brother. You are my sister. You know, that's important right there. Okay? It doesn't change the fact that you're still my child. But if you cut them off and you say, I don't want to have anything to do with you, no, that's not Christ-like. That's not Christ-like. All right, let's go to the next. Okay, Psalm 32. Psalm 32, verses 1 to 2, 5 to 11. The response is, I turn to you, O Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. Blessed is he whose fault is taken away, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputes not guilt, in whose spirit there is no guile. I turn to you, O Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. Then I acknowledge my sin to you, my guilt I covered not. I said, I confess my faults to the Lord, and you take away the guilt of my sin. I turn to you, O Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. Be glad in the Lord. Rejoice, you just. Exult, O you upright of heart. I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. Okay. So this is obviously, uh, think about it, if you were the person who, like say the person who found themselves in an unfortunate circumstances, like the person who found himself with a, a sore or a sickness like the person in that time, you are now in an unfortunate situation, but people back then believed because you committed some kind of sin and that's why you were afflicted with this sin on your, uh, this unfortunate uh, affliction on your body. But then again, you could think about it like people today who could be infected with any particular disease like cancer, God forbid. Or I have, I have some friends who have diabetes also who suffer a lot from it. Or let's say, let's say someone find, find, find themselves can't pay the bills, no job. It's kind of like an affliction when you think about it. You're, you're in an unfortunate situation. But it's more than that. I mean, those are material. Um, I mean, I don't want to uh, overplay it, but the diseases, the part of diseases, financial situation can easily be resolved in some way. Money is only, money, money and job, a job. You can get a new job. 
hopefully. And there are uh, alleviating financial situations you can find. But people who find themselves, let's say, sick. We know now, of course, even good people suffer from sickness. Even good people can lose their job. We know this for a fact. Even good people can find themselves in a legal situation that's not their fault. It could happen. You know, we know that. And I think it's best that we don't think ourselves better than other people. Because we don't know what our circumstances will be next year. We don't know what our circumstances will be the following week. So we shouldn't think that way. We're better than anybody. Because other people are suffering and maybe we're better. But there's some people who do think that way. Who, th who do think that they're favored. And that sometimes could be also a test. Because remember, when Jesus healed the paralytic, there were some people who were thinking, who, who does, you know, he said, your sins are forgiven. And they say to Jesus, only God, you know, they were thinking it. They didn't say it. They were thinking in their heart, who can forgive sins but God alone? But the point is, um, Blessed is he whose fault is taken away, whose sin is covered. Whose sin is covered. Who covers our sins? Jesus. Who's, who takes away our fault? Jesus. Blessed the man to whom the Lord imputes not guilt, in whose spirit there is no guile. Only God can do this. Only Christ can do it. Christ has the authority and power. The Son of Man has the authority and power on earth to forgive sins. Then I acknowledge my sin to you, my guilt I covered not. I said, I confess my faults to the Lord, and you took away the guilt of my sin. You take away the guilt of my sin. So you see, only our Lord Jesus Christ, and when we go to confession, because he was the son of man, he remember, he gave the power to, conf to, to forgive sins, to hear and absolve sins. He gave it to the priest. And when we confess to the priest, we're, con we're confessing to the ear of Jesus. So the heart of Jesus through the priest. And he can forgive our sins. You know, our sins are forgiven, are absolved. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you just. Exult, you upright of heart. So we can rejoice. We can rejoice even in our affliction, in, even in our physical affliction, because physical affliction can also bring us closer to God. Times of trouble can bring us closer to Christ, can make us more holy. Sometimes those things are not because we did anything wrong. It's hard. It's a mystery. Suffering is a mystery. Pain is a mystery, but we can, we can, we find ourselves drawn closer and that's more important. That's more precious than any gold, any money, any silver, anything else. When we find ourselves cl getting closer to our, to Jesus and becoming more holy, when we find ourselves more intimate with him, even in our pain and our suffering. Okay. Let's move on to the second reading. All right, so the second reading is a reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 31, to chapter 11, verse 1. Be imitators as me, as I am of Christ. 
Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Avoid giving offense, whether to the Jews or Greeks or the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in every way, not seeking my own benefit, but that of the many that may that they may be saved. Be imitators as me as I am of Christ. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, all right, chapter 10, verse 31, to chapter 11, verse 1. Whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Avoid giving offense, whether to the Jews or Greeks, or the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in every way, not seeking my own benefit, but that of the many, that they may be saved, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Okay, one more time. Reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Avoid giving offense whether to the Jews or Greeks or the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in every way, not seeking my own benefit, but that of the many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Okay, all right. This is a very famous uh, line. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Whether you eat or drink or whether you... Whatever you do, do everything in the glory of God. Why does he start it off with whether you eat or drink? I'm going to say, I know probably some people would say it may not, doesn't sound like he's making references to the, what Protestants refer to as the Lord's Supper, or some refer to as, or we as Catholics say, the Eucharist. But I'm going to say he could, you know, I would say he, he's probably making reference to that. Because why else would he mention, uh, you know, the Church of God? Um, the Jews or Greeks? Now we know Paul. Paul went first to, to the Jews, to the Jewish community, to the Hellenistic community in the Greek, Roman territories, but also he went to. Uh, I think he's referring to the he to Hebrew Christians. To those who may, who are, um, some of them, some of them are, I mean, he did go to synagogues, but he did go to uh, Hebrew Christians, Jewish Christians, Christians, you know, Jews who, who accepted Christ as their Messiah, Jesus as Messiah. Now, it there was always competition with practice. Some Jewish Christians believed in keeping the Mosaic law keeping the the kosher laws keeping the um the jewish observances as they were practicing christianity uh where whether the greek Christ, the greek uh christians the gentile christians did not keep all those dietary laws did not keep the circumcision did not keep the jewish observances or practices and there was some competition it led to a lot of a lot of arguments a lot of disagreements but in this case, Paul, Paul, probably uh, was trying to 
to navigate through. And he realized maybe there was some difficulty, but he was saying, avoid giving offense. He goes from do everything in the glory of God to saying, avoid giving offense, whether to the Jews or Greeks, whether to the Jewish Christians or to the Greek Christians, to Gentile Christians, or to the church of God, to the authority of the church. What he was talking about was probably the church in Jerusalem, because really he, he uses singular he didn't say churches. He uses singular because he's saying there's only one church. There were some heretical groups they were, because these confusion between the two groups sometimes gave birth to some unusual characters. As we know, you know, we can see how it does in politics and how we can see it does in, in other forms. But the fact is he was saying church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in every way, not seeking my own benefit, but that of the many that they may be saved, that the many that may be saved, be imitators as me as I am a Christ. So Paul basically, in order to navigate through this problem, decided that he's just going to imitate Jesus Christ in order to try to bring everybody together, in order to try to get along and try to clear up the mess I'm going, to try, I'm going to do it the way Jesus does it. And lo and behold, I mean, you know, maybe he was successful. I don't think he was always successful because um, as time, time went on, it, the church, the Christian message grew and it became a little bit difficult to navigate through these problems. But I believe that eventually what happened, it was time that would be able to tell the difference. Time itself would be able to clear up the mess. So, you know, that's, this is, you know, this is eventually what happened because the Hebrew Christian church, eventually the Gentile Christians outnumbered them. And it became more, you know, and as time went on, I mean, you know, you, you need, you need companions, you need allies, because what happens is, what do you think happens to the Jewish Christians compared to the non-Jewish Christians, the ones in Jerusalem? What happens to the rabbinical Jews, the Jews that, that basically reject Jesus? Well, the Hebrew Christian is going to find himself alone, and your only allies are going to be your Gentile Christians. So in time, you know, you are ostracized. You can't participate in, in Jewish customs because, well, you believe in this Jesus as, as the Messiah. We don't. So you are as good as a Gentile to us. And eventually that's what's going to happen. You're going to find yourself, if you keep focusing on these little tidbits of, of Jewish ceremony of circumcision, because that's what the letter of Hebrews, remember we read the letter of Hebrews, was trying to clear up that the old law, that the law, the law itself was only pointing to what everyone is. You're all, we're all sinners. And we all have difficulty keeping with the law, but the only one who kept the law perfect was Christ. But if we hold on to these ceremonies, and that's why the, the the church in Jerusalem was constantly was pointing out, let's not force the Gentiles do what we what we always had difficulty doing, which is keeping the law. They knew that time would eventually wash away the problems, and it did. It did. It's only uh, one, 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 one of the most important things is Christian doctrine. God, Trinity, uh, revelation, 
you know, believing in, in, in all those things was all that was important. But the other small customs, smaller customs, smaller traditions, eventually would disappear. In for 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 the presence of true Christian doctrine, the other stuff eventually disappears because eventually, some are going to be realized. Well, Jesus did say, "What you eat is not what makes you unclean; it's what comes out of the heart." That you have, you know, start remembering, you know, what he says about clean and unclean, that all foods are clean, that the uncleanness is only pointing to the imperfections in man. And that's that's true. Basically, you know, it does point to that. All right, so let's go on to the gospel. Okay, so now we get to the gospel. It's going to be the gospel of Mark. All right, so, uh, Alleluia, Alleluia, a great prophet has risen in our midst, God has visited his people. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia. A great prophet has arisen in our midst. God has visited his people. Alleluia, alleluia. A great prophet has arisen in our midst. God has visited his people. Alleluia, alleluia. Luke chapter 7, verse 16. That's where the alleluia uh, verse comes from. Mark, the, um, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 1, verse 40 to 45. The leprosy left him, and he was made clean. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. A leper came to Jesus, kneeling down, begged him, and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I do will it. Be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately and he was made clean then warning him sternly he dismissed him at once and he said to him see that you tell no one anything but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what moses prescribed that will be proof for them the man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark chapter 1 verse 40 to 45 the leprosy left him and he was made clean a leper came to jesus and kneeling down and begged him and said if you wish you can make me clean moved with pity he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him i do will it be made clean the leprosy left him immediately and he was made clean then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, see that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed that that will be proof for them. The man went away to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere.
the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we can see the connection here. So we went through the part of Leviticus where the leper had to had to go apart, had to go live in a camp by themselves. And back then, if you remember, if you remember, the, the Jewish people were traveling in a, um, they were nomadic and they had the portable tabernacle. And so they had to fold up everything whenever the cloud was about to move, when the Lord decided to move. So the lepers, imagine the lepers had to follow the camp. They had to follow the people. They had to follow them from place to place. And they were, you know, I mean, it depends on the people. The people treated them properly. And that's the thing. Like I said, it's how you treat those people when misfortune falls on them. Some people are very, very nasty. Some people don't even realize that they're how they're behaving. You know, a leper, some people, I mean, I remember in one movie, um, it was called Risen. It was about the Roman soldier investigating what happened to the body of Jesus. Was it stolen or did it really, did he really rise from the dead? And there was a scene in the end of the film when they won't go back to Capernaum. There was a leper and the leper was treated horribly. He was beaten. People spat on him and everything. Uh, in the show Chosen, there's a scene where this they, they actually depict this scene, which I, I advise everyone to check out the show Chosen. Really, check it out. It's really cool. The, the scene where the leper comes and they actually connect it to the wedding at Cana, where he says, my sister was there at Cana and she told me what you did. You know, that, you know, that, that turning the water to wine. And he said, I have no more, I have no place else to go. I have no, you know, you, you know, you know, there was, he's, he's at his rope. He doesn't know where else to go. If you can, you can make me clean. And it was a very beautiful scene. And he did, he, he touched him. He said, I will, I do will it. If he, I you know, he says, if you will it, you can make, he didn't say if you can, if you will it, you can make me clean. And he says, I do will it be made clean. And he reached out and touched him. And lo, he became whole again. That was a prayer from his heart. The leper, when he says, if moved to pity, he says, if you will it, if you, if you wish, you can make me clean. And he did. That was a prayer from his heart. That was a prayer, a cry. Now, he was made clean. But it was a prayer from his heart. And how many people, when they feel their whole lives are torn apart, they feel everything they lost, everything, misfortune. And a lot of people sometimes, you know, you, you know, people. <laughs> it's funny when they say your friends, you know, your friends, when you when your whole life falls apart and people sometimes they don't want to deal with you. And it's it's really something. But the purpose of this is to show that it's really mercy. Mercy is the most important thing. Jesus reached out to him. And I think that if, if someone finds himself in trouble, 
and those who call themselves friends, it doesn't necessarily have to be one person. It could be any, it could be a number of people that could try to help him. Now we know, like it's funny, like at my job, whenever something happens to somebody or maybe someone's going to retire and everybody puts up a collection and you know nowadays of course it's impossible because everybody's suffering from problems everybody is basically suffering from this shutdown and everything but i spoke to a a recent co-worker and i didn't realize this he was cop you know, he i knew he was coptic but he was growing his beard because he just lost his mom and his brother one month apart because of the coronavirus. One, uh, they, the men have a tradition where they grow their beard for 40 days. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize, I, I didn't know, I didn't know he lost his family. This is the thing about this whole social distancing thing. It prevented anybody from talking to anybody. From even comforting people. I didn't know it. I was complimenting him foolishly, but without knowing it, that he was growing his beard. I would say, you look good with the beard. But he was telling, he called me over. He says, no, he says, I lost my, my, my mom and my brother. They're, they were in Egypt and he never had a chance to attend the funeral. You see what the social distancing has done to people? He couldn't even go back to Egypt to attend the funeral of his mother and brother. His brother, I don't know who went, who died first, but it was, I couldn't believe it. It was sad and tragic. This is what, this is what the social distancing has done. This whole thing of unclean, unclean has made us so far apart that it left other people to suffer alone in silence. Okay, the poor man, I didn't know this. I had no idea. And you know what? I couldn't see the beard because he was wearing the stupid mask. That's why. How was I supposed to know if it if I could not see what was under, you know, what his 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 mourning? It's so stupid. I couldn't I I told him that I would pray for his mother and brother but I had no idea I had no idea and you see this is this is this is the whole uh stay apart thing this is the part here about don't don't get don't get close don't don't you know please I mean I on my break I couldn't even go to the locker room because oh you can't stay in there more than 10 minutes 12 minutes because you know it's making other people feel uncomfortable. Even on my own break, usually I like to sit down. I like to listen to a podcast or listen to some Christian music or listen to the scriptures being read to me. And I like to sit down and relax. But they're forcing everybody to go to a cafeteria to sit down. And guess what? The social distancing is not great there. People are talking to each other without masks. There's a lot. You see, this is the whole, the whole Pharisaic mind. I call this. We have we have a Pharisaic culture. That's that a bunch of Pharisees are going around telling why are you doing which is that unlawful. Now the Pharisees are in charge. 
Well, unfortunately, yeah. But guess what? We still have Jesus. <laughs> and that's important. And Jesus can reach out and he can, you know, he can heal. But I pray for uh, my friend uh, Sharif who lost his mother Mary and his brother a month apart. Say a prayer for, for these people who whose families died back home in their home country. Say a prayer for them, please. All right. Let's go to the uh to the um our uh Nessing Creed. Actually first let's say uh three Hail Marys for those people who who lost their families and who are suffering because of the social distancing, suffering uh, silently and alone because of all this. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death, amen. Also, let's uh, say three times the the Jesus prayer that's usually said among the Orthodox. Actually, maybe we'll say it more than three times. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, on me, a sinner. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on me. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the whole world. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. 
for us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again from the uh, rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And of his kingdom shall be no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. And I'll be back with some uh, episode on Lent. God bless.